Welcome to the Nature Connection podcast, dear listener. This podcast is for the wild people of Earth yearning to come home to nature and to themselves. In this podcast, we'll explore ways in which nature and ancient Earth skills can enrich modern life and how it can support our well-being and the regeneration of our planet. I am your host, Sanne Giesen, a Nature Connection ghost, herbalist and regenerative leadership guide with a background in psychology. With this podcast and my business, The Wild Roots Guide, I hope to support you on your journey to build resilience through deep nature connection and coming home to yourself and the more than human world. In today's episode, we'll dive into the healing powers of nature, why nature is good for us and how we can work with the different aspects of the modern human world. In this episode, you'll get the invitations to work with nature in a very, very practical way. If you have a chance to listen to this podcast outdoors, feel free to leave one earbud or earbud out so you'll be able to listen to the podcast and hear the wonderful soothing sounds of nature. It is so good to finally sit behind the microphone and record this episode for you. It has been brewing for quite some time now. And with the transition of the seasons and the general craziness of life, I feel we could all use a little bit of earth medicine. I've been working with the healing powers of nature professionally for quite some time now. And with moving to an off-grid community in the north of the Netherlands, living very close to nature... I can honestly say that my personal practice and connection with nature has become so much deeper over the last couple of months. At this moment, we're still in the process of building our tiny dome house, an earthship-like house made from a repurposed 50-year-old recreational house. And we still hope to finish it before winter ends. Uh, But we're also learning to surrender to the process. We have been delaying the move for quite some weeks now because of storms. A storm is still raging as I'm recording this. So nature always has the last say in everything. So the move and the building process is much slower than my mind finds comfortable. But that's a story for another time. For those that don't know my personal story... Let me briefly share with you why nature healing's power have been so profound to me. In my late teens, my health suffered really badly and I had become bedridden for most days. And as you can imagine, this also impacted my mental health very badly. At that time in my life, I never expected to live beyond 32 and here we are still going strong. Nature, as well as a specific healthcare professional that finally saw the full picture, saved my ass. When I was at a very low point in my life, both mentally and physically, a couple of my friends convinced me to go camping with them. And I remember one specific moment very vividly. I pulled myself together to get outdoors for two nights, feeling anxious, painful, tired and ill. And when I arrived in the morning... It, it felt horrible. It took all my strength to stay. Setting up camp, it was... Ah, my body was not taking it. But I stayed and something happened. And after being outdoors for a couple of hours, I noticed that my anxiety has disappeared completely. And the other symptoms had become so much more manageable, including the pain I was in. I was truly mind-blown and started researching my experience when I arrived back home. And I found out that I was not alone. 
Others experience the same healing and soothing effects of nature as well. And with my background in psychology, this spiraled down into branching my education out to the field of nature therapy, as well as stretching my own edges by diving into bushcraft, survival and wildcrafting. But of course, this episode is not about me. Maybe some other time I will dive into that story a little bit more. But this episode is about you and nature, equipping you with practical and applicable ideas how to integrate the healing powers of nature for your own health, both physical and mental, because those two are deeply intertwined. First, let's have a look at the nine healing powers of nature. Of course, there are many more, but these nine personally strike me the most. And the cool thing is, I think think we as humans know that nature is good for us. We feel better when we are outdoors. And over the last 50 years, researchers have been actually confirming what we already know, nature is good for you. And before we dive into a little bit of research, I would like to invite you to close your eyes for a little bit or soften your gaze if you can do so safely, of course. And picture yourself in your favorite spot in nature. Maybe you are lucky enough to listen to this podcast in nature. Then gently close your eyes and soften your gaze too. Feel your feet or your sit bones firmly on the ground. And take a moment to check in with yourself. How do you feel when you are in nature? What effect does it have on your body? And what effect does it have on your mind? Take a moment to see what comes up. If you are in nature, or if you are imagining that you are in nature. You can open your eyes again if you like. So, how did it make you feel? The cool thing is, when doing this little exercise, most people report back that nature helps them to feel calmer, more relaxed, more open and happier. If this is the case for you, you are not alone, even with this little practice. One of the healing powers of nature is that it can improve your mood, it reduces stress, it can restore mental energy, and it can also improve your short-term memory. Many of the research on the healing effects of nature was actually fueled by the Japanese concept of forest bathing, or Shinrin-yoku. Shinrin-yoku emerged in Japan in the 80s as a way to encourage people to spend more time in nature. A forest bathing became quickly a form of therapy and prevented treatment, which actually got prescribed by doctors. And luckily, more and more doctors all over the world are following this. And in Japan, one of the leading forces behind this movement of Shinrin-yoku and the research behind it was Dr. King Lee. And one of his studies in particular gained a lot of attention. He followed a group of healthy men on a three-day, two-night trip to the forest to see the effects on their mental and their physical health. And in this particular study, Dr. King Lee and his team found a 50% increase of natural killer cells in the participants. And this effect lasted up to 30 days after the overnighter. 30 days, a month-long effect on your immune system. 
you might wonder what the heck natural killer cells are because they because they do sound a little bit scary of course but these cells are the kind of the firefighters of your immune system they respond to a virus infected cells and other pathogens as, as well as responding to tumor formations these natural killer cells work without the need of antibodies and are therefore cornerstone of our immune response in short Healing power number two is that nature improves our immune function massively. And of course, the healing powers of nature don't stop here. Research has shown a really strong correlation between spending time in nature and feelings of increased energy and vitality. And this can help us to feel more resilient to physical and mental illness. Next to this, nature can also improve our sleep gently resets our biological clock and increases vitamin D levels. Of course, this is influenced by the sun and the effects are much larger in summer than they are in winter. But nonetheless, it increases vitamin D, which is a vital vitamin for your health. This is really nature working at its full spectrum, from the benefits of fresh air, natural light, grounding, earthing, and phytoncytes in the air released by the trees. In this episode, we won't dive into all of these, but I want to mention them so you get interested by them and maybe research them on your own as well. These phytoncytes, this is also the element that contributes to the positive effect that nature has on inflammation levels which is nature's healing power number five. And especially in a society where most people suffer from either high-grade inflammations or low-grade inflammations, this is good news. The effects of the phytoncytes in the air work both on low-grade inflammation as well as more acute ones. And low-grade inflammation is to be said that it's one of the most impactful on our health. So these benefits can really improve your general health in the long run too. Studies have also shown the positive effect of spending time in nature on our blood pressure by activating our parasympathetic nervous system, which is of course very cool. And if you're into the polyvagal theory, nature has a big role in that as well in calming down our nervous system and getting us geared into a calm focused state of mind instead of like staying in a rat race in our modern day and age we spend an awful time behind the screens but nature again comes to the rescue with healing power number seven ah i love this the list gets longer and longer nature can actually help to reverse the effects of nearsightedness due to screen time Cambridge University even developed a formula for this. Every hour a kid spends time outdoors, there is a 2% reduced odds of nearsightedness. So if you have a little one, get them outdoors. For some of the beneficial effects of nature, you don't even have to go outdoors. How cool is that? Let's have a look at nature's healing power number 8 and 9. The time of hospitalization significantly decreases when a patient has a window facing a natural element. For example, a window where patients can see trees or bushes. It doesn't stop there. Some of the mental benefits of nature, like an improved mood, stress reduction, as well as having more mental energy and concentration, it increases even when we watch nature videos. 
So the next time you find yourself watching cat videos, switch it up to a relaxing nature video. Your brain will thank you. There are various reasons and theories why nature has such an all-round positive effect on our well-being and our health. Some are attributed to sunlight or the phyton sites we talked about before, or even the grounding effects of the Earth's natural electric current. And yet, the full answer is still up for the debate. We simply don't know what it is exactly that makes nature so good for us, or if it's like a combination of all these factors. One well-known hypothesis is the biophilia hypothesis by Edward O. Wilson. And this theory it reasons that we as humans like to be in interaction with other living things. To put it very simply, humans are made to be in nature and made to be in relationship with other beings as well as the natural world around us. Other ideas or theories why nature has such a positive effect on us vary from the comfort of repeating patterns in nature, the calming effect of the color green, the exchange of microbiome, which happens when we spend time outdoors or gardening. And for me personally, I don't care what it is. Of course, I'm looking forward to see what research will uncover. For me, as a nature-based coach, these nine healing powers of nature are the cherry on top. These are the added bonuses of working with nature. And whenever I guide or coach people outdoors, nature is our playground. It is our mirror and our safety blanket all in one. As a psychologist, I'm trained in various modalities of therapy. And yet, when I work with nature and in nature, it still amazes me how effective it is. It allows the coachee to go deeper, quicker, to let go of the masks and to remove sometimes the perceived hierarchy between a coach and a coachee by walking side by side, uncovering what needs to be uncovered step by step. I have had sessions where I was able to go so deep, so quickly that we had so much meaningful insights within half an hour, where this would usually like take me two hours of talking in nature, I find that me and the coachee feel so much more relaxed. We just let it happen. We let's see where nature takes us, where the adventure takes us. The insights stick. So whenever the coachee goes outdoors again, they just get reminded of the insights they've gotten during the session. And this to me as somebody who feels deeply for the well-being of people in general, but, but also for my coaches, I find it so very comforting to know that they don't need me. I set them on the right track and they know where, how they can continue themselves. As a space holder, nature also carries me in a session. It helps me to stay so much more relaxed and therefore I'm a much, much better coach. Nature and the adventure it can bring, it invites me to don't have like an end time that's in my mind. We do of course have a time frame, but if anything comes up that needs to be explored further, we'll go there. And this actually is such a big lesson and has been such a big lesson for me to let go of control. We'll get back when we'll get back. When it rains, it rains. I really want to share a little story with you. I remember a moment with a client in the afternoon and we walked to the forest and the heat lamp and we arrived at a sand drift 
It was a beautiful, mild, cloudy afternoon. The client and I explored trust, and that afternoon we wanted to take it a step further. So I invited the client to get on the top of the sand dune and close his eyes and walk or run down as quickly or as slowly as he dared to go. I would be there right beside him to prevent him from tripping if that would be needed. Of course, safety is important. And I expected the client to take it slow, but he jumped right in and he ran down that sand dune at god speed. <laughs> I am fairly short and had so much trouble keeping up with him running down the sand dune with his eyes closed. And at some point a hillock appeared and I saw it too late because I was falling behind and he flew over the hillock. He stumbled a bit and then continued. My heart was racing, of course. And it was only when he reached the header, covered in planes, he started to slow down again. And I remember thinking to myself, goodness, he could have felt so, so, so badly. Hurting himself, breaking bones, whatever. Ah, goodness. He was there safely on the ground again and I was cursing myself for my poor guidance. At least that's what I thought. And when I finally got up with the client, who was obviously in much better shape than I was, his eyes were twinkling. And before I could say or ask anything, he said, thank you for letting me trust myself. That hillock almost had me falling. But then I realized I don't need protection from anyone else. I can trust myself and I can handle whatever is coming my way. I really want to do that sometime again. I smiled. And in that moment, I learned again that trying to keep people from pain, even when it is my client, it is sometimes not in their highest good. Sometimes they need to go at God's speed, trip, tremble, and even fall so that they can meet themselves. When we work with nature for our personal development and well-being, there is so much more to uncover. Let's have a look at four ways you can work with nature yourself. If anything, nature invites us to slow down to notice the details and embrace the silence. And in our fast-paced world, there are little moments left when we are in silence, without the buzzing of phones or conversations going on. Even if we are in nature, we often make our way through nature, engaging in conversation and not being mindfully in nature. And this being mindful in nature, if we dare to do so, if we try to do so, and slowing down, it helps us to get into a calm state of mind. And from there, ideas and inspiration can flow again. Engaging in silence can be a wonderful next step, albeit a scary one. This is because our brain's first response to silence is chatter. So when we stop talking, our brain takes over. But when we gently persist, our thoughts slow down as well. This being in silence in nature is correlated to the recovery of our brain. It needs to recover from time to time. So research has also shown that people who have suffered head trauma, for example, or burnout, they actually recover when they spend time in nature. So how can you work with the superpower of nature yourself? I will give you a couple of suggestions, of course. One of my personal favorite ways to do this is to carve out a morning or an afternoon so I have no distractions and nowhere to go than to be outdoors. And when you arrive in nature, take a couple of moments 
to slow down your pace. Get super, super, super slow. Place your feet mindfully in front of the other and then go even slower. Sometimes it can help to blow some steam before we slow down. Sometimes there is energy that needs to be moved through. So if you feel that energy is being stuck in your body and you're unable to slow down in this way, please listen to this. Jump down, run, scream, dance, whatever. Do this before you slow down. I think in our society we'll learn not to listen to our bodies because we because we have another idea how we should behave or should slow down please feel feel and act on your body's urges in these moments so if you need to move some energy first before slowing down please do so so back onto the slow walking and whenever you feel ready you have slowed down a little bit check in with your body while you keep on walking slowly this is like a very slow walking body scan if you're familiar with those start with your feet and travel up to your crown and by doing this simply notice whatever is going on without judgment or wanting to change whatever you find simply notice what is going on without judgment or wanting to change whatever comes up and if you have done this you've checked in with every part of your body Take a moment to check in with your emotions too. So, how do you feel? And this can be scary. If you come across a certain emotion, where do you feel it in your body? And if you can give it some space to be felt without judgment or wanting to change it, you'll most likely feel the emotion to disappear or become less. And this is actually one of the superpowers when dealing with emotions is to simply make space for it. If we have checked in with our bodies and our emotions, we are ready to shift our focus from the inside world to the outside world. So for this step, you can check in with your senses one by one. So what do you see, hear, feel, smell and taste? And of course, don't taste anything that you don't know for sure is edible. If you want to taste anything, you can also see if you can try to taste whatever taste is lingering in your mouth. Or you can stick your tongue out and try to taste the air. And of course, these are the five senses we are most familiar with. But some argue we have many more senses as a human. Maybe there is another sense you would like to explore more intuitive sense sometimes called a sixth sense or a spidey sense or a gut feeling and can you take a moment to connect with this sense as well so what is the subtle layer underneath it all that maybe isn't accessible through our five main senses but maybe you feel like um, a certain feeling or story or history that is lingering in a place in nature you do this exercise in what more wants to be experienced? What more wants to be seen? Don't worry if this doesn't work for you in this way. Your five senses are a great start to connect with nature. This practice makes a wonderful start of any time you want to spend time in nature and do so from a connected and calm state of mind. And if you want to go even further and connect with the stillness we talked about before, 
see if you can try and find a spot that is quiet in nature and someplace you can sit for a little bit or stand for a little while and invite your mind while being in a spot to focus on the moments of stillness between the sounds, the pauses between the breath and the space between every heartbeat. We as humans are often focused on the sounds, on the heartbeat, on the breath, but there's oftentimes there is like a gap between the sounds. So see if you can listen, even if there is continuous sound, see if you can listen beyond the sound. See if you can like hear the silence in the background. Notice this nothingness, this stillness for as long as you like. Know while doing so that it's super normal for your thoughts to interrupt and to label and maybe even label this practice as this is stupid, I can't do this, I don't want to. That's perfectly okay. Our minds sometimes need a little bit of getting used to things like this. If you come across such things, simply see them and release. And then again, focus on that stillness. I would like to invite you and encourage you to gently move through any discomfort that might come up to this being with the silence, focusing on the nothingness, it can feel uncomfortable, especially if you're not used to it. I think the same happens with people that try to meditate for the first time and they get so discouraged from having thoughts come up and again and again and again, or even practice of sitting in silence and for maybe the first time in years or the first time ever to hear what chatter is going on in your minds and our minds can be so hard on ourselves. So move through this with gentleness and compassion for yourself. Give it space. Take a moment to listen if needed and then release it. You're doing okay. This is part of being human. And when you are able to connect with that stillness for a little longer every time, true magic will happen. This practice of connecting with stillness can not only help us to slow down and feel calmer and more relaxed, it also gives space to the unseen. And this is true both within ourselves and outside of ourselves. I would really recommend doing this practice if you're experiencing burnout, brain injuries, or if you find yourself being unable to stop doing like you you cannot sit back and relax or if you have a hard time facing emotions the practice as i share with you really can help you with this let's continue to another of my favorite ways of working with nature while the first practice i share with you is more rooted in forest bathing and relaxation and meditation this next practice is more geared to nature therapy and constellation work. In the second practice, we work with the reflective power of nature. And this way of working with nature is especially useful when we want to gain clarity in something you're dealing with or thinking about or going through. You can use the same sequence of slowing down as I shared before. So, so release some energy if needed. 
slow down, check in with your body, check in with your emotions, and then check in with your senses so that you really arrive in nature. For this practice, I would like to invite you to go to a place in nature, a spot in nature that feels comfortable to you and where you can spend some time. And when you are arriving in nature, so after you've done the sequence of releasing energy, slowing down, checking in with your body, your emotions and with nature around you, see if you can formulate a question for nature. So what is it exactly you want to gain clarity in? And if you're ready, see if you can share your question with nature. By consciously making nature a part of your process, it is almost the same as you would do with a friend or a coach. This like formulating of your question, it can on its own can give you so much clarity. So for the next step, I want you to let go of the question again. You've asked it to nature, so you can release it for now. Find an element, a tree or a bush or a stone that speaks to you. And this can be anything and it doesn't have to be perfect. So don't spend hours looking for the perfect tree or bush or whatever. Something that speaks to you is the right thing for you at this moment. And see if you can be with this element for a little while. This can be either in your spot or maybe you've come across it while you were walking and then go with that, of course. See if you can connect a little bit with this element. See if you can like, maybe you want to introduce yourself a little bit or see whatever comes up and follow that intuitive nudge. When you've done so, you've introduced yourself, you're ready to continue. See if you can notice everything on this element. Is it large or is it small? Is it dark or is it light? Is it standing still or is it moving? And really explore all these visual elements or other elements that might come up. And then when you've done that, see if you can animate your element. So what would this element do if it could move, dream, make a sound or even speak? And for this part of the practice, please take your logical mind to the backseat of the car and follow the curiosity of what might come up. Imagine if you were a child, what would it do? If it would, if it would be in a Pixar movie, what would it do? What would it dream of? What sounds would it make? And if it would speak, what would it say to you? When you have observed all there is to know this, take a step back and see what this element and the animation of the element, what it has to do with your question. It of course didn't come up for nothing. It came up with a reason. Observe it again and open yourself up to any insights. If you've seen it all, observed it all, see if you can maybe switch to another position and notice it again. And going back and forth to your initial question and to this element, see what parallels, what lessons this element of nature holds for you. Do this until you feel you've seen and felt all there is to be seen and felt. Then take a moment to sit with the insights that might have come up and See how you can incorporate them in your life or even with resolving a question you're working on. When this process feels complete, thank 
the element you've been working with and of course nature for holding you for these practices today. You can make some notes in your notebook if you've brought some or on your phone so you can revisit your insights for further integration. I personally don't mind having a phone with me uh, when I'm out in nature. I sometimes do put it on flight mode if I'm distracted by it and I, um, I don't have any notifications on ever uh, regardless if I'm in nature or if I'm not. And your phone can actually be really helpful to take pictures of some things or make little notes from insights that come up. So use it mindfully and it will serve you really well. That's it for today's episode. We explore the healing powers of nature. Uh, we explore two insightful ways of working with nature for your personal development, your health and your well-being. If anything, I hope this episode inspires you to get outdoors. And if you ever feel you could use some extra support on your journey, feel free to have a look at my digital or in-person offerings that are geared to bring people back to their true nature and the wisdom of the outdoors. This was the Nature Connection podcast. If you liked the episode, you can support this channel by sharing it with your loved ones or leave a review. I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.